We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. You can get all your Pack-A-Day updates by following us on Twitter at Pack-A-Day Podcast. And remember, you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And, of course, you can check us out over at CheeseheadTV.com. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I am here with my co-host, Andrew Mertig. Andrew, welcome. It is good to be back for another Friday edition of the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Kyle. I'm uh, I'm not shouting this week. It's not it's not as fun doing the show as it was last week. But uh, you know, knowing we have an entire off season ahead of us is incredibly fun in a way. And I know you and I enjoy the off season as much as the actual football season. But it is a little disappointing to come so close to the Super Bowl and be just short. But that being said, I am not down with the whole negativity thing about this team and the organization. You aren't going to win a Super Bowl every year. I, you know, I personally. I spend thousands of dollars and hundreds of hours on the Green Bay Packers, and I'm not going to feel like I wasted it all just because they didn't win the Super Bowl. Like Instead, I'm just really thankful for the journey they took us all on this season, and I'm incredibly optimistic about the potential to improve this team, and that is the stuff that happens in the offseason and what we're going to be talking about for you know the next uh, five, six months. Yeah, absolutely. It's totally disappointing to end the season one game short of the Super Bowl, like you said, but this team accomplished 
so much more this season than anyone could or should have expected with so many new players, with a new head coach, uh, a new scheme. And if you want to focus on the negative, you definitely can. But I think that this is a team that understands how close they are. And I think year two under Matt LaFleur really does look like it has the chance to be special. But as Andrew said, all of that does start with the offseason and the partnership between Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst and what they can do from a personnel standpoint to get better. And we've all been distracted by the Packers run uh, in the playoffs here, but we are already in the middle of what is NFL draft season. And we're here today to bring you a little content from the Senior Bowl because NFL teams are in Mobile, Alabama this week to put eyes on the next class of NFL talent. And there is tons and tons of great Senior Bowl content around the internet that you can find. Uh, But Andrew and I wanted to take a little bit of time uh, to see things through a Packers lens on today's show and see which of these prospects might be worth watching for Green Bay and who we think is making a name for themselves in Mobile. And so to get started with all this, a lot has been made of whether or not the Packers should be looking at Aaron Rodgers' successor. And Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst haven't shied away from the fact that quarterback is the most important position on the roster and that you're always looking for good quarterback play and quarterback depth. So uh, let's go ahead and start there. Let's uh, let's see, is there a good quarterback group at this Senior Bowl event, Andrew? And I'm curious about your thoughts on these guys and how much interest the Packers uh, may or may not, uh, maybe they should have or should not have as they look at this group as we get towards the NFL draft. Yeah, so I actually got into a big argument with my brother online about the need to replace Aaron Rodgers. Like, he he was in the boat that the Packers need to consider drafting a replacement right now to be ready to play in two seasons. And I'm more in the boat of waiting, not using resources on a position that you're actually hoping doesn't play, and drafting a quarterback when you know you're going to be able to take full advantage of their rookie contract instead of losing some of those years sitting behind somebody. Neither one of those viewpoints is necessarily wrong. It just is a matter of perspective and you have to take the opportunity to draft the guy you want who fits your team when it presents itself to you. The Packers were allegedly ready to pull the trigger on Drew Locke last season and the Broncos got there before Goot could and quite frankly thank goodness because they ended up with Elton Jenkins at that pick. But we know we are relatively close to the post-Aaron Rodgers era. Uh, even if he retires in his 40s, I mean, we're closer to that than prime Aaron Rodgers. So it isn't beyond the realm of possibility that they would take a look at drafting somebody this season. And the Senior Bowl provides some interesting candidates if the Packers were to take a, a look at quarterback in round one, which, again, I would not advocate. But we can safely assume that the non-Senior Bowl participants, uh, Joe Burrow and Tua Taylor, Tega Viola um, will be off the board when Green Bay picks. But Justin Herbert from Oregon is probably the next quarterback up, and we'll get to see him play on Saturday in Mobile. You have to like his size, his mobility, his accuracy. Some people really like his arm strength as well. The the things you don't love are sometimes his decision-making can be poor. Um, he, he made a lot of one-read uh, and then r- take off running plays in college, and he can also struggle with turnovers at time. But it would be fun to see the West Coast kid with long hair replacing Aaron Rodgers, who I'm guessing would find a lot of things in common with one Mr. Herbert, but he's likely going to be gone by pick 30. But we never know coming in the draft, so I don't want to be one of those, like, he's not going to be there at 30 people. We don't know, but 
Um, you know, the the crystal ball is saying that Justin Herbert probably goes relatively um, early, maybe in the top 15. The next quarterback that I'd be watching on Saturday is Jalen Hurts. He has a ton of juice in his arm. He's a great athlete, and he has that intangible, like, winning or leadership quality people talk about, but you can't really quantify. He's still pretty raw um, as a thrower because of the college systems that he played in, so he can struggle with accuracy and decision-making. He also has a tendency to get locked onto receivers, you know, I've heard some Dak Prescott comparisons. I don't think those are super unfair, honestly. I think they're semi-similar players. Dak is pro- or probably was a better thrower uh, when he was at the Senior Bowl. Hertz is probably a little bit better athlete, but he could sneak into the end of the first round, so the team who drafts him can get that fifth-year option. So not only is Hertz a potential target of Green Bay, but he's also a potential target for teams looking to trade up into that 30th pick. Utah State's Jordan Love is the other top-notch quarterback that I'd be keeping my eye on in Mobile. He's got prototypical NFL size, and he is a great athlete. He's the kind of dual-threat quarterback you would just create in a lab if you're a mad scientist, but he can struggle in identifying coverages and making the right decisions and in being consistent with his ball delivery. And sometimes it is just super amazing, the throws he makes, and sometimes you're like, what on earth was that? (laughs) Some offensive coach, though, is going to fall in love with Love's skill set. See what I did there? Um, And they're going to take him really high. I have a feeling Jordan Love is going to go much higher than what we think. Again, I think he's a potential top 15 pick. Uh, because that ball of clay is the highest quality clay you can you can find. Some other quarterbacks that are in, te- in attendance this week, you have Washington State's Anthony Gordon, Michigan's Shea Patterson, and Colorado's Steven Montez. All three could be mid to late round targets as developmental prospects. History would indicate one of them is going to turn into a solid NFL starter. I actually like Montez way more than I thought I would because I was watching LaVisca Chenault's tape this week, and I, I was I was surprised how good Montez was um, for certain stretches of play. I've heard good things about Anthony Gordon. Um, I've seen enough bad Shea Patterson that it scares me off a little bit, but you're the <laughs> Michigan guy, so you tell me, do you, any interest in Patterson? No. No, I'm good. Okay. We- <laughs> Not even as like a seventh-round flyer? Uh, I mean, you could do it, but he may make your practice squad, and that's probably about it. I mean, he's a one-read and and run kind of guy, and I don't know that you're going to get a lot more. I saw a highlight on Twitter today of of him doing something good at the Senior Bowl, and I was like, I I just don't care. Like, (laughs) there's there's not enough there as a Michigan fan to think that um, he's going to be that much more than he was in college. And um, so... No offense, man, but I think that's all you're going to be. Um, wide receiver. You want to talk about some wide receivers? Yeah, sure. All right. Um, let's get into this because I think we all know wide receiver is going to be a position that the Packers want and need to address this offseason. And what a great draft class that this is going to be uh, to be able to go through and choose from and find just the kind of guy that you're looking for at wide receiver. I've heard rumblings about how awesome this class of receivers is for a long time. But when you start watching guys who are supposed to be 
maybe something like a second round pick, you realize just how good this class is because those second round kind of guys are just super, super talented. And there are a few guys at the senior bowl uh, that green Bay could definitely like this week. And the guy that I was probably most excited to see was Arizona state, Arizona state's Brandon. Ayuk. Uh, unfortunately, Ayuk failed his physical at the senior bowl and will not be participating this week. Uh, but when we do get to see this guy, I really expect that Ayuk will be a name that Packer fans will really come to like and hope for at the end of that first round. Uh, he's got speed for days, which Packer uh, Packers fans know that we need in this offense. And uh, he would be a huge upgrade as a punt and kick returner. He's absolutely electric in that role. And he's uh, really a lot more than just a fast Player. There are a lot of fast athletes out there, but Ayuk is clearly a wide receiver. Uh, he adjusts the ball really well, makes plays on poorly thrown balls. He's pretty strong at the catch point, and he's twitchy. And a lot of the time you assume that a speed player isn't very tough, but I love that Ayuk plays with uh, quite a bit of grit. He's not afraid of contact, and he gives a lot of effort after the catch as well. And I thought it was really interesting that Ayuk's first position was actually running back, and you can definitely see that in some of his game, especially in his movements after the catch. But uh, we're not going to see Ayuk this week, unfortunately, but he's a player that I expect to rise through the process. And uh, just to give some context about how the league is feeling about Ayuk, he played with uh, Nikhil Harry at Arizona State, and it sounds like most scouts like Ayuk better than Harry. And so he's definitely a player that I will be paying attention to because we saw how high Harry was able to go last year uh, for sure. But one of the guys who is actually playing at the Senior Bowl this week is Michael Pittman Jr. And he's been a standout so far down there. He's the son of former NFL running back Michael Pittman Sr. And so he's obviously uh, got some good bloodlines there. Uh, but Pittman just looks the part of a wide receiver that Brian Gutekunst would like. He's uh, six foot four and 220 pounds, big wide receiver. And honestly, I think he has some Alan Lazard to his game. That might be kind of lazy as a Packer fan, but he's got great hands. He's great at the contested catch. But uh, top end speed is a big question mark for Pittman. And uh, can he get separation? That's kind of the big question uh, in his game. And all the buzz from the Senior Bowl is that he's separating just fine down there. And so it will be interesting to see if his stock continues to climb. There are so many other receivers at this event that we could talk about. Denzel Mims is having a great week and really making people go back to his Baylor tape to see if they missed something. Uh, he's a guy who's also really good at the contested catch. There are a lot of guys like uh, Juwan Jenkins, uh, Juwan uh, Jennings rather, uh, Colin Johnson, K.J. Hill, Courtney Davis, who all had really, really nice flashes this week. Uh, but I, if I want to talk about one more guy here, just to kind of keep it simple, uh, the last guy I want to talk to you about is uh, Florida wide receiver Van Jefferson. And uh, we, we just talked about Michael Pittman Jr.'s bloodline, uh, but Van Jefferson has football in his family as well. He's the son of former NFL wide receiver Sean Jefferson, who's now the wide receivers coach for the Jets. And this is going to kind of sound weird when I say this, but my favorite thing about Jefferson is how average he is. Uh, that's kind of the complaint. He's six foot two, 200. He's got average speed. He's really not known that well. Um, but when I was watching Jefferson and reading some of the takes on his draft status, the one player that kept coming to mind for me was Terry McLaurin. Because McLaurin wasn't really known for being this incredible freak athlete, uh, but he was a really good route runner and was really uh, quite a technician as a wide receiver, even though he wasn't elite in any other area. 
And I'm not really saying that, you know, Van Jefferson is the same kind of player that McLaurin was, but I think their story is going to be really similar around these two players as we approach the draft. Uh, and they're both older guys. I think they're both uh, 24 at the time uh, that they'll be drafted. And I think Jefferson is probably going to get that high floor, low ceiling kind of a treatment. But I think Jefferson, because he's like, kind of like McLaurin, his strength is his route running. And I think we'll see a quick transition in the league uh, to be really good in the pros because of how good he is in his route running. So I really like what I've seen from Jefferson this week. Uh, I think he could be a mid-round steal in this draft. Uh, and so I'm excited to watch his development and what happens in this process. Yeah, and I think one of the things that is really, really interesting, um, you know, we're we're talking about guys like Van Jefferson, um, you briefly mentioned K.J. Hill, uh, certainly Michael Pittman, um, Ayuk. These are guys that are really, really good, and they are not in the upper echelon of wide receivers in this class. I, I've done eight, the, what, what I viewed as the top eight wide receivers. I've, I've done their, their tape this week, and none of them are in the senior bowl. Um, and I would say probably seven of those eight, I would be really happy if the Packers ended up with at pick 30 based on what I've seen so far. Um, and you're talking about guys that are really good football players yeah. that are going to be available then in the second and the third and the fourth round. So this, when people talk about this being like a historically good wide receiver class, they ain't joking. Um, yeah. it's showing up on tape. Yeah, I think that's something that surprised me the most. I've heard for a long time how good this wide receiver class was. And so I was expecting that there would be, you know, those three to five guys that go in the first round and uh, that it would be a really good top heavy class. But I think what surprised me most is what you're saying, how deep this class is and the guys that I just rattle off. Ayuk is probably a late first, early second round kind of guy. Uh, but the other guys, those are being talked about as second and third, um, you know, some fourth round picks. And so just the ability to add that kind of talent um, and maybe double down on wide receiver, it's pretty unbelievable this year and is a great match for the Packers who obviously have a need there. Yeah. And, and I mean, I don't know how Ayuk is going to grade out because I haven't looked at him yet, but um, he's probably going to be somewhere in that seven to 10 range overall for wide receivers. And he could be end of the first round. That's how good this wide yeah, receiver crazy. is. Yeah, that's crazy. It's nuts. And, you know, you and I were talking about this just really briefly before we jumped on um, and started recording, but there is some thought that there's so many good players in this position group that it could slide people down. That, that teams are going to say, I can get a really good receiver in round three, uh, why am I going to spend my first round pick when I need to prioritize that for, you know, tackle or tight end or whatever? Um, and it may actually push some of these in incredibly high upside wide receivers yeah. down even further. It's it's. It's going to be so much fun. And if you're at the top of the draft and you're looking at a guy like Jerry Judy or CeeDee Lamb, say you're picking like eight and you have your choice of CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy, maybe you say, well, I'm going to take the offensive tackle that maybe I don't feel like I get later. And then those guys slip into the teens. And yeah, like you're saying, it could be just this massive ripple effect um, that really could benefit a team like the Packers that's picking late uh, in that first round. So it will be really, really fun to watch. I'm excited to continue to get into these names and get to know these guys a little bit more. And, and if you want to root for something to push your favorite wide receiver down the board, root for those quarterbacks I was talking about to get picked high. If Justin Herbert 
and um, Jordan Love. With, yes, sorry. <laughs> I was thinking Jalen Hurts. Jordan Love. Jalen Hurts isn't going to the top fifteen, but if if Love and Herbert move up into that top fifteen, maybe even top ten range, because teams we know if they like a quarterback, they're drafting them really high. That pushes more players down, and um, yeah, so it's it's probably a good year to need a wide receiver. Absolutely. You want to let's uh, go ahead and turn our attention to the defense because we know as much as the Packers need some help on offense, we saw this past week we could use some help on the defense too. So uh, what do you got on defense for us, Andrew? I didn't see any problems with their defense. <laughs> we have to stop the podcast right now. And they just... didn't. They didn't give up a lot of passing yards, <laughs> and I've been told rush defense doesn't matter. Yeah, it's a passing league, man. We were really good. You know. Okay, so. I'm going to say something, and I've had this thought originally before, but I better credit my – I, I got to stop mentioning my brother. This is really grossing me it's out. bad, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, he mentioned it, and so I'll at least I'll at least cite my sources like a responsible uh, fake journalist. But, <laughs> you know, the NFL is cyclical. We've, we've heard that forever, right? Like, so you get into this pass-first mantra – and you, you, you're drafting light edge rushers. You're drafting light linebackers. I mean, the linebackers are safety size now. Um, your defensive backs are smaller and, and more fleet of foot than they've ever been. Um, tackling fundamentals aren't great. So wasn't it just a matter of time before teams started building up these huge offensive lines and just running it down people's throats? We saw tons of success with the Baltimore Ravens this year. Um, certainly San Francisco. You can even go back to the to the uh, Los Angeles Rams. I, I know the Rams get got a lot of attention for being a flashy passing offense, but almost all of that was built off of running the ball and play action. Yeah. Um, so, you know, are we looking at a potential change in in uh, personnel groupings? I don't know, but if you're going to do that, you gotta you gotta get thicker up front, and certainly the Packers can use some help in defensive line, which I think you're going to talk about. But I wanted to talk about linebacker. Um, because, quite frankly, the off-ball linebacker of the Green Bay Packers hasn't been very good in a long time, um, and it needs to get better, and full credit to uh, Blake Martinez, but it seems like his days may be numbered in Green Bay, and and that's you know, m- makes the need even more pressing than it was before. So the Senior Bowl has a few players that Packer fans can keep their eyes out on. One of them is Zach Bond from Wisconsin. Uh, grew up in Oak Creek, so he's a Wisconsin native, and he's an obvious one because, you know, he plays college ball a couple hours away from Lambeau, so there are some Packer fans um, who who may recognize him as a former Badger, but he's not just the typical home state favorite. He's a really good player, and many draft experts think he's ascending to a potential first-round grade after starting the pre-draft processes, probably more like a late-day two-pick, but now Bond is much... Um, I'm sorry, lost my train of thought there. He's he's more naturally an edge rusher, right? And so I'm talking about him sort of out of position, but um, the Senior Bowl practices, he's shown he can drop into coverage. The the Packers are unlikely to invest a first or second round pick in an edge, but if they view Bond as a versatile player who can move around the field, there's at least an off chance that he could stay within the state. Um, he's he's not a natural uh, dropper in pass coverage, but he certainly is a sideline to sideline tackler. And, um, you know, he's shown enough in pass coverage to, to make him a promising, uh, versatile chess piece for somebody. And we know how much Mike Pettin loves those kind of players. 
Another player uh, is Josh Josh Uche uh, from Michigan. He's a more natural off-ball linebacker than Bond, but both are have have been really impressive this week. Uh, like Bond, he can play multiple positions and has shown some ability coming at the quarterback. But I actually like his ability to drop in coverage. And he's somebody I'm going to watch really closely on Saturday. Um, another guy who just jumped off the screen for me was Akeem Davis Gaither from Appalachian State. And he is he's just a really interesting dude. he He's that kind of safety linebacker hybrid we always seem to be clamoring for as fans. He, he was taking snaps at slot corner in some of the practices. Like, he can certainly run with tight ends and running backs. I don't know anything about him outside of this week, but like all hybrid players, what you want to watch is how he holds up against the run. So maybe he's a redundant player if Raven Green comes back healthy, but I don't think you can pass up a player with the versatility to play both the run and the pass. So I'll be watching him Saturday, and then I'm going to go back and review the tape. So yay, getting to watch some Appalachian State. Daniel Jeremiah will be very happy. Um <laughs> And then, you know, one other guy that I wanted to mention was Cameron Brown from Penn State. He's he's another really interesting dude. I apologize. This is Big Ten heavy. He's the the third guy, uh, you know, from the Big Ten. But he's 6'5". He's 233. And seriously, you're 6'5", 233. Put some weight on. Uh, <laughs> but but he's, he's, he's like this super raw guy. He's shown incredible promise playing all over the place this week. And that includes off-ball linebacker. And I personally have an affinity for long guys at linebacker because it makes throwing over the middle really, really difficult, um, especially for quarterbacks that aren't really tall. And so um, that could be a potential mid to late round pick that uh, w- would definitely make me very happy. Awesome. Hey, so I want to talk about defensive line because I know that this is a spot where the Packers need to get better as well. we uh, got to talk about putting somebody next to Kenny Clark. But I have not gotten super far into the defensive line group. But one guy that is absolutely not um, going to be able to be ignored is Javon Kinlaw uh, from South Carolina. And so uh, if the Packers wanted to give Clark a running mate, defensive lineman Javon Kinlaw would just absolutely be quite the addition there. Uh, everyone is kind of expecting Kinlaw to go in the middle of the first round, uh, not really anywhere near where the Packers pick at 30. Uh, but Kinlaw is someone who was participating in Mobile and really tearing things up, um, just as expected. But after a couple of really solid days, Kinlaw pulled out of the Senior Bowl with some tendonitis in a knee. Maybe he just determined that he'd done enough and could get out of there and that'd be just fine. Uh, but either way, it definitely sounds like Kinlaw did plenty to cement his status as a first-round pick and probably trending towards the top 15, top 20 range. Uh, but the comp that Kinlaw is drawing right now is uh, Chris Jones of the Kansas City Chiefs. And I've seen plenty of Packers fans calling for the Packers to re-sign someone like Chris Jones in free agency. Um, it's not re-sign, but uh, to, to sign um, off of uh, off as a free agent. And so uh, while it's unlikely that someone like Kinlaw uh, would be there at 30. He'd be a great addition and would be a, a steal there at 30. So uh, someone to watch uh, and see how his stock climbs or falls to be a, uh, see if he would be someone that would be in range for the Packers. Uh, but there is one more player that I feel like we need to talk about. And if only because of his name, 
It is Josh Jones, not the disgruntled. No. <laughs> I promise, it's not the disgruntled former Packers safety, uh, but he is an offensive tackle from Houston. Um, offensive tackles are already kind of intriguing for the Packers because we don't know exactly what the plan is with Brian Balaga. But Josh Jones, this Josh Jones, is a developmental tackle prospect who's thought to have a shot now to be drafted in the late first round. Uh, He's a four-year starter at left tackle, so he's a little bit interesting because he's called the developmental guy, but he also has a ton of experience. And so you can put all that together and kind of make your determinations there, what you think of that. But it sounds like teams have been all over the board with Josh Jones coming into the Senior Bowl. He was a first-rounder for some, but some in big draft media had him as a late round flyer kind of a player so uh but draft twitter was absolutely blowing up on thursday about the performance that jones was putting together in uh, mobile so uh, especially if green bay moves on from balaga jones could be someone to keep an eye on throughout the process if he is that kind of first or second round player that some believe that he could be so an interesting player uh with a name that has a lot of baggage attached to it for sure if you were to bring in a second josh jones uh, to green bay Yeah, and I think it was Nagler that had tweeted something like, Josh Jones is throwing everybody out of the club or um, (laughs) something to that effect. And you got to love offensive linemen that that come into these situations and and really take a step up and and, uh, dominate. I mean, we've seen basically every single draft season one or two tackle prospects go into Mobile and just dominate and their draft status. Oh, my gosh. Kyle, I can't (laughs) talk. Their draft status shoots to the moon. And, um, yeah, Josh Jones seems to be that guy this season. So um, really exciting stuff. I'm really looking forward to the game on Saturday. Anything else that you wanted to mention about Senior Bowl stuff? Uh, no, not really. This is just a really fun group. It's a really deep uh, group, I think. Um, a lot of times, I feel like the Senior Bowl rosters can be a little bit top-heavy, and then you kind of got a lot of guys uh, maybe at the bottom that you're just kind of you know paying attention to, but you kind of know who you're watching. And I just feel like it's a really, really talented group all around. Another guy that we didn't really talk about is um, LaMichael Pirine. Uh, I just think that he's a really talented running back. I know that we're maybe a little bit of a ways out from needing to replace Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams and those kinds of things, but you're always looking uh, to add talent there. And I've watched him a little bit, and I really was impressed with the balance that he runs with, uh, that he has enough power and enough speed to kind of put things together. And I think it'd be a really nice piece for an offense, especially like a second kind of running back. So that's just one more nugget, another name that I'll be paying attention to uh, when I watch the game this weekend. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I don't know that the Packers would be taking a look at guys like Jonathan Taylor and J.K. Dobbins and DeAndre Swift, who are kind of the consensus top three running backs in this draft class. But certainly looking at a guy in the mid to late rounds would not be shocking at all because the Packers, we don't know what they think of Dexter Williams. They never really gave him much of a run unless somebody was injured. And... Uh, you know, the 49ers have just shown a ton of success with three running backs. And, oh, by the way, Jarek McKinnon is on IR. Yeah. So, you know, if if Matt LaFleur's mentor isn't afraid to have four to five running backs on his roster, and that's not even including Kyle Juszczyk, um, then, you know, that might be something that LaFleur would look at. 
Of course, he's not just going to straight copy Shanahan, but another possibility. And Pirine brings a little bit of a different dimension than I think Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones do. So that's interesting. You know, maybe some of the the smaller, shifty receiving backs that that I've seen in the practices for the Senior Bowl might be of interest as well. We'll see if those guys get flexed out into the slot a little bit or catching out of the backfield. That's a another dimension um, to the game that that'll be really interesting. So. Yeah, very excited for the game. Um, if you're not following me on Twitter, first of all, why not? Ridiculous, <laughs> Kyle. Kyle. I, I am I, following you. Oh, you are? Okay. Yeah, just That's just fine, though. Then, okay. But listeners, if you're not following me, um, I've begun to, to drop my draft profiles. And this is the first year that I've done this really in depth. Um, I sent out Jerry Judy and CD Lamb already this week. And I'm going to be doing Henry Ruggs and LaVisca Chenault at some point this weekend. I've already got KJ Hamler, T. Higgins, Jalen Rager, and Justin Jefferson done. Um, and I'll be uh, pushing those out sometime next week. So right now I'm focusing on wide receivers to start. But my hope is to hit like triple digits in prospects this year and really do a, a, a unveiling of the new formula that I've developed for each position. So I think that's going to make rating the players a little bit easier um, and doing any sort of ranking that I was going to try. And what I like about getting the big names done early is it gives me time to go back and adjust after the combine and the pro day and, and you see what some of these players that you're not totally sure what their top end speed is, what they run in the 40, what their shuttle times look like and, and other things. So... I hate that the Packers aren't playing next weekend, but free agency in the draft is so much fun and a personal passion for Kyle and I. And we have some really fun and I, I hope kind of innovative ways that we want to engage you in this offseason. So we're going to be doing some free agency simulations, some mock drafts. And actually, I was thinking I didn't run this by Kyle, so hopefully he doesn't say no. But I would oh, like geez. to include some listeners into our mock drafts as well. Um, and we're going to be doing a series where we do some positional mock drafts where we only can draft players from one specific position each time. So um, that's going to be an interesting challenge that we take on. So we really hope you want to spend your off-season Fridays with us at the Packaday Podcast. But that is all the time we have for today. This has been the Packaday Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit. And you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Remember to also follow at Packaday Podcast. Please subscribe and rate the podcast if you like what we're doing. Tomorrow's episode, we're going to get an up... Oh, no, we're not. <laughs> There's no... <laughs> Dang it. There's no injury report, Kyle. Dang I forgot it. to update that. Uh, okay. Tune so in tomorrow for no another episode of the Packaday Podcast. It's the Saturday episode. It's always really good. Um, I always check that out when I'm when I'm in the gym running on the treadmill. So um, that'll be great. You can catch Kyle and myself every <laughs> single Friday. I promise <laughs> to be better prepared next week. Uh, we're gonna be t- <laughs> we're gonna be taking a look at uh, the Packers wide receivers performance from this season. Thanks for listening and as always remember Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.